Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen, as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. And this week, we have been conducting a bit of a murder investigation. Abel lies dead at the hands of his brother Cain, and we believe this is premeditated murder in the first degree. Yesterday, we spent some time with the victim, Abel, and now let's return to the perpetrator of the crime, Cain. And sure enough, we find him acting like many such murderers since then. His actions follow a common pattern. Let's continue our investigation at Genesis 4, verse 9 in a moment. But let me read for us verse 8 as a reminder of the case before us. If you have your Bible nearby, join me in Genesis, the fourth chapter, at verses 8 and 9. Cain told Abel his brother, And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. These are the well-established facts. Next, I will read verse 9. This is Genesis 4, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Even upon hearing, just once, Cain's response to God's question, we can tell that he is in an uncooperative mood as the prime suspect. And we can imagine, along with Bible commentator Merrill Unger, that between verses 8 and 9, Cain had buried Abel's body somewhere out there in the field where the two brothers went for their talk, and now lays Abel's dead body under the soil. And, like any skilled killer, Cain has now joined the search party to find his brother. Can't you just imagine him racing home, pretending to find out for the first time Abel is missing? And then Cain saying to Abel's wife and kids, Oh no, I hope nothing bad has happened. Let's go find him. Cain probably even kept up appearances by attending that week's worship service. He brought his offering as usual, and everyone else in the congregation looked at him with pity and thought, His poor brother appears dead, and yet here is faithful Cain to worship God. They would be impressed. This is the mind of the murderer in practice, covering his tracks, never admitting to his sin, deceiving and fooling everyone around him for as long as he possibly can. Ah, but sin cannot be hid. As Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10, There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Matthew 10, 26. And that is true because God always knows all and he exposes our sinfulness. The Lord, knowing that Cain killed Abel, comes towards Cain and speaks to him by way of a question. Verse 9 of Genesis 4 begins, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? This is the where question, and it is meant to pierce Cain's conscience. 
Obviously, God knows where Abel is, but God wants to draw Cain into himself so that he might offer Cain grace and mercy. This is who God is. And this is how God ministers to us. Most of you will remember back to our long but strengthening walk through Genesis 3 and God's question to Adam and Eve after their sin. Genesis 3 verse 9, Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Well, after Cain's sin, the Lord asks the same question, Where? In fact, if we take into account the verses around verse 9, we find out that God asks Cain a why, a where, and a what question. You can follow me in your Bible in Genesis chapter 4. Look at verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Those are the why questions. Look at verse 9 again. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? That is the where question. And look at verse 10. God said, What have you done? That is the what question. And we will be coming to it soon in our study. By asking these questions, God seeks out Cain. Now that does not make sense. We would think it should be Cain who seeks for God, not the other way around. Cain is the murderer, and yet God has not abandoned him in his sin. God has not outright punished him. Rather, the Lord first extends mercy by way of speaking into Cain's conscience. He prompts Cain to make a decision and then answer. Is Cain going to come clean and confess the murder to the Lord? Or is Cain going to pull back further from God and deeper into his sin? Friends, all of our sin is called to account by God. We never ever get away with our sin. Oh, we may think we have. Others may believe we have. I mean, how many times does it appear in the headlines that someone has been murdered and the killer was never caught? And we think, yep, another one gets away with it. There is no justice, we say. But that is just not so. I cite Jesus again. Whatever we think is concealed before holy God will be revealed. And whatever we think is hidden will, before holy God, be fully known. That is why it is of crucial importance that we listen to the questions God asks of us. We all have a conscience, that is without question. But do we listen to our conscience? That is the question. Listen again today, if you would, to John Calvin. Quote, as often as the secret compunctions of conscience invite us to reflect upon our sins, let us remember that God himself is speaking with us. For that interior sense by which we are convicted of sin is the peculiar judgment seat of God, where he exercises his jurisdiction. Let those, therefore, whose consciences accuse them, beware lest after the example of Cain they confirm themselves in obstinacy. 
For this is truly to kick against God and to resist his spirit when we repel those thoughts which are nothing else than incentives to repentance. Calvin gave away a little there on how Cain answers God, but that's all right. We are coming to it. I like what he says about God himself speaking to us within the conscience. We will have that interior sense by which we are convicted of sin. I know I have that. Do you? And we have a choice. We can be obstinate before the Lord and not give in, or we can tell him all about our willful sinfulness and seek his abundant forgiveness and merciful restoration of fellowship with him. So let me ask this question of you that I am asking of myself at this hour. What is weighing on your conscience? Do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, of the living God, asking you questions? Have you answered? How will you answer? How will I? I think you can relate to this. Those times in life when sin so weighs down our hearts that it is like we simply cannot do anything else until we deal with it before Jesus Christ. The Spirit will not let us free until we confess our sin. For any of us feeling that way, let us use this time in evaluating Cain's life to evaluate our own. And perhaps we will be further convicted as we now observe Cain's answer to God's question. The Lord asks, Where is Abel your brother? And Cain answers, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? That is Genesis 4, verse 9. What a poor response. And this is unlike the way his parents, Adam and Eve, responded when God asked them where they were. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve had the fear of God, a sense of awe before the Lord, and they admitted their guilt. But here in Genesis 4, Cain did not have the fear of God. He was not in awe of the Lord, and he denies his guilt. As Unger puts it, distance from God grows with sin. Distance grows with sin. How sadly, very true. I want us to look closely at this answer. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Specifically, let's uncover the attitude behind it. But given that we will soon be out of time for today, I will save my insights on this for tomorrow. Please pray for me that I will always have the wisdom to know when to push ahead in the text and when to start afresh in the next radio broadcast and internet podcast. That is a very practical way to pray for yours truly. And I thank you in advance for doing so. Your prayers for God is and for me mean so much. I was thinking about it this morning. We have learned a lot thus far in our current series, God and Cain. The purpose of gathering like we do is not so you get a kind of data dump of biblical material. Head knowledge is not the goal. We should pray that the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and apply it to our lives such that we will then be transformed. 
That is, how we live our lives in this world changes because of what God is doing within us as we gather in His presence. So, I heartily invite you to quietly pause and listen carefully to your conscience. What do you hear? Set aside some time before this evening ends and prayerfully hear the voice of God in your life. Do that, my friends, and then let's meet back here tomorrow as we continue to discover who God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.